get by as per usual. Joined with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Adrian. How are you doing, my friend? What's going on, man? It's pretty pumped to be sitting here with uh, Mr. Nino. Maybe maybe you should uh, talk to him instead of me, Matt. And yes, our very special guest. I make it a rule of thumb to always talk to my co-host before our special guest. For two oh, reasons. Sweet. For two reasons. Because you're my co-host and here all the time. And then I want to give a very special welcome and introduction to the man, the myth, the legend. The one from Mason Shishaware. The, uh, the crazy mind behind the Grand Onyx, the regular Onyx, and the Helix, and so many other products that we'll be touching on today as well. I'm not going to pronounce your last name, so I'm not even going to try it. But Nino from Mason Shishaware is here with us. How are you doing, Nino? Yeah, uh, it's it's a great day. Um, it's Mason Monday. I'm here enjoying uh, my hookah, and I'm super excited to sit down with you guys and and um, just hear you know what the people have to say. Uh, just have a have a good smoke and and just be a part of this awesome thing that you guys are doing. Well, we appreciate you joining us so very much. Uh, we already have some people joining us in the chat room as uh, we usually do, and I just want to give a big shout out to the original superfan Akeem Young is here as always. Paul is here as well. What's up, Paul? Junior is here, and then also Etch Games is here as well. We are super excited for the uh, fan um, uh, uh, interaction that we we're going to be having on this. We were going to be expecting a lot of conversation, questions, uh, things to come from. The the chat room obviously so if you're there be thinking of stuff to be asking right away we're gonna go through the show as we normally do Nino I know you've seen a couple of episodes of the pipeline am hookah podcast and we just want to have a good time <laughs> we just want to yeah, awesome. so we're gonna start off as we normally do with what we are smoking so I'm gonna go ahead and defer to my co-host and ask him Adrian I, I see that you're not having the Adrianator but what are you smoking today my friend uh, yeah, this isn't the Adrian Air. Thanks. Who did that? Was that Tristan? No. Um, no, I've got the Starbucks Atlantis 1.0 short, not the chiller variation, with a matching base. Uh, D-Hose with the silicon soft touch handle. I am not using a Mason Bowl today because I am not a Mason Bowl <laughs> owner. However, I am smoking with a HJ Y Gauge Harmony. Kind of bummed out because I didn't clean out my brand new HJ Retro Harmony, which I'm pretty big fan of. And three Narine Cubes on top. More about those later. More about those to come. Very oh, yeah. Nice. The Triforce is the tobacco. There Alphaker you go. Triforce. Alphaker Triforce. Uh, now, Nino, do you know what the Triforce is from Alphaker? Yeah. Oh, okay, yes. good. Uh, it's a staple. Okay, good. Yes. So you're a bit of an old school smoker then. We'll get into the amount of time that you've been smoking as well. Um, but in case anybody in the chat doesn't know what the uh, Triforce is, it's grapefruit, blueberry, and mint. Uh, mixed up 25, 25, 25. I remember legitimately seeing people back in the day get 250s of each one of those containers and then just mixing them all together and just having a a 750, you know, crate of Triforce, basically. Hey, uh, and if you want to know about the Triforce, in about 24 seconds, my review of Alphacker Triforce goes live. Are so, you are you stepping on your own feet here? Nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it in an hour. Oh, yes, exactly. Don't, don't, don't leave that... that <laughs> This content is evergreen. That's you know that what? will be there later. I, I just privatized it. You can't watch it. <laughs> All oh, right. Uh, Nino, uh, what about you, sir? I see you're smoking a very cool looking hose. I'm not sure what that is exactly, but what is your setup for, for this evening? All right. So I'm smoking out of my Nara staff on um, Agarman Genie. I have the Grand Onyx. I don't, I'm not even going to attempt to maybe move my. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't uh, think you can see it. Adrian uh, dropped his coals whenever he does that. <laughs> on a on a with a provost three charcoal flare flats 
the timber hose, and I have a um, one of our mouth tips that we're going to be releasing. We're going to be releasing. Um, we'll talk up, up about it later, um, but that's why it looks a little bit different. Um, and as far as the tobacco that I'm smoking, I am smoking a little bit of trifecta twice the ice and azure um, cherry muffin, which is great. Oh boy, that sounds like a very good mix. Twice the ice and cherry yeah. muffin. So a nice cooling cherry. And then I hear, I've, I haven't tried the muffin yet, but everyone keeps telling me that that muffin flavor is like literally baked out of the oven tasty. Yeah, it is It is awesome. The reason why I put some triced ice is because it is hot in my place right now. It's like 93 degrees outside. And I feel like the little bit of a cooling just helps cool me down a little bit today. So... <laughs> If anyone, no, it's, it's great. if anyone in the chat is also smoking, let us know what your setup is and also what you guys are partaking in for your tobacco. If you guys have some interesting mixes going on or maybe some new flavors that you're experiencing for the first time, let us know your thoughts on those as well. J-Rock just showed up. Brecken is here as well, including Tristan. He stopped by to say hi. Now, he usually works during our time frame, but I believe he's off. For Memorial Day, as I hope everybody is, unless you have a a mean um, uh, dictator of a of a, uh, a boss. I'm just kidding. There's jobs that need to be done regardless of the day it is. So do not uh, turn this into political dialogue by any stretch of the imagination. We also have, I believe Doug is here. At least that's what I'm assuming. Three because tip gang? We just had the three tip gang join us right now. Uh, do you know what the three, three tip, tip gang, gang. is, uh, Nino? Yes. You yes, do. perfect. It's pretty impressive. It's like something I would see in the Circus Soleil or something. <laughs> yes, I, I believe he has a booking uh, coming up real soon. Not, I'm not, not in Vegas though. Not in Vegas. Just Reno. Um, so I am also smoking as well during this show, and I am using my Onyx Bowl that I was able to pick up in Vegas a long time ago. Now I'm using my Carbon One uh, AOT stem with the Carbon AOT uh, hose because I haven't used this thing in such a long time, and I thought it was finally time to pull it out. I love this hose so much i just haven't it's been uh, stashed away for far far too long and then the tobacco of choice is actually going to be a mix of tangier's guava which is a personal favorite uh zomo strong mango and then alpha comma freeze mint which is a fabulous mint if you have not tried it um my question to you real quick nino because you said you're using a provost with your grand onyx are you a do you use that with foil then as well or do you put that directly on top of the bowl no, no, I, I always put, use the provost with foil. Okay, just just wondering about that um, because I know that there are people that have tried to use the, the AOT without foil before and I don't think it works out all that well. I don't know if it's just the shape or the design. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even know people did that. No, that's, I mean... People do anything. People have said that they've had good sessions like that. People do everything. Let's be honest. There's there's nothing yeah, that I will mean, stop. They're always trying to complicate things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That that is the truth. Um, we do have some comments coming in through the chat right now. We have Paul, who is actually smoking Alpha Comma Mint, and Lady Liberty, Lady Liberty from Azure. Have you tried Lady Liberty from Azure yet, Nino? I have not. I I, I have not. I, I, I don't even know what is that flavor. It is a fruit roll-up. It is a strawberry fruit roll-up, actually. Uh, very interesting uh, wow. flavor, yes. Um, I actually just dropped a review on my personal channel. If anybody is interested on my thoughts on it, I, I kept... Uh, I kept in the fact that I messed up my pack on it because I wanted to make sure that it's known that I'm not by any means Superman. I don't know what I'm doing every single time that I pack, and I thought it was important to show, like, you know what? Even us reviewers who I think sometimes are held at too high of a standard, we make mistakes too. So I thought that it was important for me to show that off as well. So I, I, I kept that in there instead of just reshooting the entire review or anything. Um, strawberry flavor that you don't see very often. Not many people have been able to nail that. 
Yeah, and this one's not necessarily a strawberry. I, I want to. It's definitely heavily more the fruit roll-up uh, than it is the oh, strawberry, okay. in my opinion. Even a hint of strawberry. It, that I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, exactly. Uh, Tony says use Provost no foil with Zagul next week, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I, I, okay. Adrian, am I going to be smoking Zagul next week? You sure will be. We sure both will be. And if he wants us to use, you use a provost with no foil. I'm just going to use nothing but coal. I'll use just coal. I'll just use coal too. Um, no, use the provost. Oh, I should. You want me to do that? You should listen to the chat. They're who matters. Yeah, this, listen to them. <laughs> this is the reason why why I'm even going to be smoking Zagul. Uh, Adrian, because he's my friend, right? Like friends do this to each other. <laughs> Look at that evil smile. Uh, we made a we made a bet with our our people watching the show. If we got to 15 likes during the episode, then Adrian would send me over some Zagul and I will smoke it on the air. And luckily, Adrian is going to be smoking it with me. So that is a little <laughs> bit. Uh, have you ever tried Zagul, Nino? I, I have not. Oh. I, honestly, uh, I I'm not too much of a heavy smoker. Like a heavy. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't really like the heaviness so much. So for me, I mean, definitely, I definitely would love to try at least you know once. Maybe who knows? Maybe I will take to it, but uh, but I have not tried it. Uh, Akeem is actually topping us all right now. He's smoking out of his Ottoman N3, and he's smoking Awaha Mint and Mango. Uh, those um, Awaha, I, I, I enjoy quite a bit. They have some pretty good flavors. J-Rock is smoking out of a KM Thunderhose V2 Dark Dawn Classic Bowl and the AF Triforce. So we have some people already rocking and rolling with that as well. We have Junior smoking out of a VZ Pro Straight Boysenberry from Tangiers is what I'm assuming. Uh, or no, it's Starlight and Boysenberry. Oh my gosh, that sounds... Phenomenal. Do you guys have any experience with boysenberry from Changiers or Static Starlight? Static Starlight, yes, but I've not tried boysenberry. Adrian, do you have experience with either one of those? I have experience with Static Starlight, but I certainly don't have any experience with boysenberry. Boy. I, I didn't even know that was a flavor. Oh boy, that is a very Look good. Uh, that's a good berry flavor, and that would, that must be an absolutely phenomenal uh, mix right there. I would say. Uh, Tony just said, "We decide your fate." That's terrifying to think about. Honestly, it kind of is. But let's keep rolling right along with the show, obviously, and move on to our next little segment where we're going to talk about uh, our new reviews that we have. Adrian, you just said that you have a new review dropping today of the Alfocker Triforce, and is that the only thing that you uh, have coming up later on? No new reviews. No, no new reviews for me. <laughs> Nothing coming up. Nothing coming out. Just the podcast. Don't go to my channel. Yeah, after this podcast is over, I've got the Alfocker Triforce coming out, and then I've got the Prestige Jumbo Cube review coming out later this week as well. Oh, I'm uh, excited to see that. Jumbo Cube yeah, or I'm the big, Jumbo Yeah, I'm a big fan. Spoiler alert. I actually like those a lot. The Jumbo Cube or, or the, the Cube or the Jumbo, Jumbo flat? flat? Okay, cool. I'm super... Jumbo okay. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that too because I... I am only rocking jumbo flats from here on out. Uh, they're my my flat choice uh, cube uh, or a uh, coal of choice, and that is what I stand by. Already got myself two flats of them. Already done with one flat, just about. So I need to start ordering another one right away. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love these coals as well. Um, and then for me, so when those, it, yeah, go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say, so those are those uh, in comparable in size to. They're a little bit big. They're just more surface area than basically. I mean, they're not, they're smaller than a, a traditional cube. Just they're, a bigger flat. Yeah, they're a bigger flat. I'll let Adrian cover this because he's going to be dropping a review here shortly, and I've talked quite a bit about them. Calling bigger flats is a bit of a stretch. 
Um, it flats all vary a little bit in size and the way that they cut out, how clean the cut is. Um, they actually look very similar to like titanium flats. The size difference, you'd have to break out a micrometer to actually measure wow, the okay. difference. But they're heavier. Yes. They're actually quite a bit heavier per hole. More and dense. they burn for like a good 15 minutes longer too. So yeah. I think so that's where like, the names drive from. Well, they're like really dense flats, basically. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. Dense flats would have actually been a really good name for him, to be honest. Uh, we've kind of tossed around a couple different names of ourselves that we were kind of thinking of, because Jumbo is a little bit misleading. I just didn't know what else he could call them. Somebody said thick flats. I thought was just a funny name, and I had no issue with that. But dense flats is a very good way to talk about them, because they are heavier and more compact in that capacity. Um, uh -huh. And then for myself, when it comes to new reviews, the uh, Azure Lady Liberty review is the newest one that I have dropping. And then I think the next thing that I have coming up for reviews is probably going to be some Sherbetly. I think that's what I'm going to be reviewing next on my channel, but that's coming down the uh, pipeline as days go by. So let's go ahead. Uh, what about you, Nino? Do you have any new reviews coming up that you'd like to uh, mention about? No, I, I, you know what? I, I just started doing like some lives on my page, but, um, but mainly just kind of Q and A's, like just talking, but I haven't done any reviews. I mean, obviously I'm not going to review my own products. You have a pretty good, uh, in with Mason know. though, don't you? Like you could get you could get some pretty good bowl reviews though, couldn't you? Like you have an in with Mason a little bit, don't you? Just like other manufacturers no, bowls. No, no I'm, what I'm saying is you have an in with Mason bowls. You could do some reviews. Yes. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's just yeah. Bad joke, yeah, bad, bad joke. joke. <laughs> Real bad joke. <laughs> but dad joke, maybe even uh, that bad. But uh, let's go ahead and move into some news that we have to talk about just a little bit. Uh, I just thought we'd do a general overview of some news topics in in comparison to Mason Bowls, basically. So you guys just released the Grand Onyx Bowl, and if you don't mind, just walk us through a little bit of what the Grand Mason Bowl, or Grand Onyx Bowl is. Okay, so the Grand Onyx Bowl, and, and I'm glad to talk about this because a lot of people, some people, not, I'm not going to say a lot of people, some people have asked me if it's deeper than a, than a normal Onyx, how, how much does it hold and all that. It is exactly the, the puck, the, 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 the top of the Onyx, but, but me melded together with wood. Um, and, and the reason why I did that is honestly, aesthetic aside, is for the durability of it. So I'd love to talk more about that. I don't know how yeah. deep you want me to go into it yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want my, me to, okay. What kind of wood so, is it? So, go ahead. What kind of wood is it? So the wood, so the wood that we use on the initial batch release is a diamond wood. Um, and I mean, you're familiar with it. It's 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 the wood that you, the Regal uses. It's wood that you're seeing like out of Russia. Um, however, I also, for myself, released some natural woods um, just through the testing phase. And it, later on in the year, I'll probably release like a batch of uh, natural exotics. And what a natural exotic is, is basically like you would call an exotic wood like a zebra wood or an, um, an ebony wood. These are all woods that grow in the forests that are obviously they're exotic. They're from different countries, Brazil, Costa Rica. But, but for me personally, I mean, a lot of people like colors. They like the bright colors. They mm -hmm. like the diamond wood. Me personally, to be honest with you, I mean, you can even see my timber. I'm, I'm using like a teak wood. I just personally love like the natural aesthetic of wood. Okay. Do you have any regals uh, in your collection? I do. I, I, I bought my first regal probably seven years ago. I've always loved like the whole wood aspect. Um, I love wood in general. I just think that it's beautiful when shaped like, you know, to to 
work in, in a product. Um, and yeah, so I have a pine wood regal and it, and, and it, the timber hose, you know, the original standard one matches, pairs up perfectly with it. It's both, it's maple as well. Um, one of the things, again, touching back about the Grand Onyx, one of the reasons why I came out with it is because I, I don't know if you've seen, I mean, clay breaks, you know, it, there's always a weak point in clay. I'm sure you've seen people post bowls where they drop their bowl in the dish the, 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 where it holds tobacco, it breaks or it chips and all of that. Yeah. One of the things that you will never, well, I won't say never, because never is always <laughs> a strong word, that I've seen in two years, I've seen only one person manage to break. They dropped it on granite, the actual puck of it. Okay. The only way, the only weak point in the traditional onyx is where the puck meets the stem when the it neck, breaks. Yeah. That's why people glue it back together, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, I'm not going to market the fact that, oh, it breaks, you can still use it because it never chips because of the way that it's cast, which is also another which is also another thing that people don't realize, you know, cast is actually when it's made out of the right materials is stronger than a handmade ball. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, it's compacting evenly through the whole walls. Whereas when you're throwing it by hand, a wall might be a millimeter, two millimeters thinner on one side than the other, just because of the way that you're throwing the ball. Consistency. So because of, exactly. And so because of the, the, the onyx is cast and with such a great material, it's really durable. Now, what I wanted to do is try to make a durable bowl, but I didn't like the way silicone performs because I think we all have our opinions on, on silicone. The, the major pro why someone reaches for a silicone bowl is because it doesn't break. If yeah. you ask anyone why are they smoking out of a silicone bowl, it's because it doesn't break. So with the Grand Onyx, it is basically giving you the best of two worlds. It's durability where, again, the puck never breaks or rarely breaks. And I took away that weak point by using the wood. Um, and, and basically I kept the clay there because the clay is really what helps perform. So you're going to get the same session as you would with an onyx, but just think about it. Like you're purchasing two onyxes, but you'll never have to purchase an onyx again. Mm -hmm. uh, think about that. It could be the last bowl that you buy if you really want to put it that way. And the other interesting thing that you have going on with the Grand Onyx is the copper tubing that's running through it as well, correct? Is it like a spiral? Uh, explain the copper tubing a little bit if you could. Uh, the copper tubing is is about um, a few millimeters down into the, into the wood. And so what happens is the clay has a V section that goes into the wood. So there is a millimeter or two gap between where the copper and the wood are so the copper doesn't heat up because if it was touching the clay, it would heat up to the same degree as the bowl. So, there, so it is basically only gonna heat up by ambient heat, which at the stem level, it's usually around 90 to 110 degrees. I mean, I took a uh, heat gun to all of this stuff. So the copper never really gets too hot. The, the sole purpose of having it there is to be able to wash it through. I don't know. You, I don't know if you've seen. There's been um, there's been another wood um, bowl on the market as well that's not lined at all. And honestly, a lot of us are going to want to wash our bowls. So you know, at, at the end of the day, wood and water they just don't mix. There's nothing that you can really do to say, you know, it's a natural product, right? So so by lining that wood in there, and of course we seal it and all that to try to protect it as much as possible from water, but by lining it with copper, it really ensures that there's no water getting in, touching the wood with in, inside of the stem. Okay, so it's actually, so if you were to fill the inside of the Grand Onyx, could you fill a little bit of that copper then? Yeah, you can you can oh. see it if you turn it over. You can see the where the copper tube is. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't realize that actually. That's not something that I, I was fully aware of. Um, 
Adrian, do you have any questions about the Grand Onyx or any of the other products that we could talk about right now? Um, as far as the Grand Onyx, no, I think you did a pretty good job explaining exactly what that bowl is. Okay. Um, if anyone in the chat would like to say what bowl they're smoking, I figured this would be a good episode to say that. So if you guys are using either an Onyx bowl or any other bowl, let us know what you guys are smoking out of in with your tobacco inside of. Uh, we have 2K7. I'm not going to try to pronounce the beginning. I think it's Doug, but I could be wrong. Doug, let me know if that's you. Uh, he's smoking Trifecta Indian Cure Azure Cinnamon Cookie Black Lava Banana Cream Pie. That sounds like a stellar mix right there. And he's using his red matte pair with three Cocoa Earth flats in his Lotus actually uh eddie just showed up as well uh eddie has a quick question he says doesn't copper tarnish is there more upkeep because of that reason if for the the copper at all Car uh copper tarnishes just with oxidation just being being um you know open to the elements regardless um if you're if you're familiar with any km or sheikah all of the downstems are made of copper traditionally and and the tarnish can be cleaned out. Honestly, in the bowl, it can be easily cleaned out with just like a like a pencil and some lemon and vinegar, right? But in a downstem, you can't really get to it. So people are smoking out of tarnished copper for you know for years out of their KMs. Now the thing that people don't might, might not realize is that when you're drinking out of your sinks, you're drinking out of copper tubes. And what tarnishing does is it actually it adds a, a, an element of a, a layer of protectant, really. So that, so the, so the tarnishing, my, uh, the reason why we're using copper is because it is antimicrobial, mm -hmm. you know, whereas stainless steel is not. So that actual layer of tarnish, if you, again, everybody, everybody has their own preference. If you choose to want to keep it clean, it can easily be done so but it's not going to affect your session whatsoever if it's tarnished. In fact, like I said, it's antimicrobial, and if anything, it helps add that protective layer. So not an extra step of maintenance, then, is what you're saying, just because no. of the copper in there. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Brecken also asked real quickly, um, if there's a gap, doesn't the water still in, uh, come in contact with the wood? Is there a gap of any kind with that copper and wood uh, downstem of it? There is a, again, there's like a one or two millimeters. So we're talking very thin and there's, a, there's actually silicone that is protecting it in between there. Okay. Very nice to know. Um, we'll get to some of the other questions. If you see anything pop up, Adrian, please let me know as well. Um, but moving right along, I guess we should go ahead and get into the interview a little bit. If you guys are all ready for it, Adrian, if you want to kick us off with a couple of questions. Oh, I get to yeah. me. Sweet. Um, all right, so we have the interview, and I'm staring at the show notes, and the first thing Matt has decided we should ask you is, you know, how long have you been smoking hookah? Okay, so I've been smoking hookah for about eight years. Uh, it could be nine. I haven't kept up to the exact month of when I actually started, um, but it's been about eight to nine years. I was originally a member of Hookah Forum. I don't know if you guys remember Hookah Forum, Hookah yeah. Pro. Um and um, hookah.org, you know, I would be, I, and Royal Hookah Forum. I mean, I was an original member of all of those. While I never really posted that much, I was every day just reading posts. Just stalking, so stalking along? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All of us do it, so there's there's no shame in that at all, obviously. We do have some bowls coming through. It looks like some people are using the uh, Don Bowl Classic Bowl. Um, uh, that seems to be the only... Oh, uh, somebody is using a Mason Release Bowl. Oh, no, this is actually a question that got thrown in the chat. Mason Release <laughs> Bowls are harder to get 
than a pair of unreleased Jordan sneakers. So that's not a, that's not a question. It's actually just a, a statement. Sorry, I didn't realize that that wasn't a question. If you do have a question, uh, just so it's a little bit easier for me to spot out, please start your, your statement with a question mark so that I can see that they are a question that you're trying to get us to ask. Brecken says, silicone gasket, nice. These products, the wood, uh, that protects it, the wood from the water um, is what you're saying, correct? Mm-hmm, and it's all, it's all food grade. Um, well, very, very good to know. So my question to you, um, the next question is, how did you get involved with inside of the industry? So again, I've been part of the communities for for nine years. Okay. And, and it literally was basically, I think I, what did I start? I started, um, I released the, the company. I released the first picture of the Onyx about two years ago. It started two years ago, February. And before that, as you know, I mean, things just don't come out of nowhere. I've been, I had worked on the bowl for about a year prior to that. Um, so you could say that I started three years ago in the industry. Um, the reason why I started is because honestly, I saw, you know, I had certain taste and I built a certain amount of, you know, taste and, you know, how I wanted uh, my hookah set up to look or perform and also just reading posts and, from different communities from all over, I kind of had a good feeling of what the people wanted too. And honestly, to be totally candid with you, I really felt like the manufacturers were not totally um, listening to some of these things. And um, and I felt that there was definitely a gap and I felt like that there was a, a need um, for a, a product that I would put out. And so, um, I've been super, 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 super fortunate that when I did release it, it seems like a lot of other people agreed, you know, um, because I sold, you know, out my first batch and, and it was, and, you know, of course it was a great feeling. Um, but that's really, that's really how it, how it's all started is, it's just a need for me to, as an enthusiast, I wanted certain products and because people weren't making them, I decided, you know what, I, I'm just going to do this myself. Which has always been something that I've always liked about the hookah community in whole. Uh, we've been a community that when we don't see something that the uh, that people are doing, we take it upon ourselves to kind of do it for ourselves and to not only keep that to ourselves, but to uh, inform other enthusiasts as well and then also either share that, sell it, however that, that way may be and stuff. I've always found that very interesting. Nobody is trying to enjoy a session by themselves we're trying to enjoy sessions with each other and i've always found that to be super interesting um tony says that he's smoking out of a mini rook is what he says uh nino what do you smoke mainly out of your own personal bowls do you smoke dark leaf or blonde leaf more uh probably dark leaf i I like to mix it up with blonde leaf as well um i smoke i smoke a lot of trifecta um i do mix some tangiers in there as well um and when i say that i mean i also smoke tangiers um and um you know occasionally some alfacher and um you know i dabble in fumari as well i mean they have some good flavors and so that's mainly kind of like the big mix azure's got some a couple of really good flavors um and and uh I'm always interested in trying out new things and always keep an open mind about a brand. I mean, there's even a couple Starbuzz flavors, you know, that, you know, if I, if I happen to run into at the store locally or whatever that I might pick up. Adrian, uh, there's a question that came through in the chat. Do you want to take a look at that real quick and see if you can uh, narrow it down? Because it's kind of a, a long question um, and we can right, ask that. 
it's it's more of a uh, if this is the one from Frank. This yeah. is more of a statement than a question, but maybe Nino can get to this. Copper toxicity, also called copper idius. I'm bad at reading, is a type of metal poisoning caused by an excess of copper in the body. It can occur from eating acidic foods cooked in um, uncoated copper cookware. You should clean your hookah from excess oxidation. It is not safe to smoke. Just throwing that out. This is Frank. Okay. So, so again, people cook out of copper pots, right? And also copper in your body is actually an element that your body actually does need. If, if you look it up, you'll actually see that there is a element that you know that your body actually needs copper the amount of the smoke is coming through at 90 degrees just as it would through a, a, a copper downstem to be able to vaporize the copper to where it would be poisonous it would have to reach over 1100 degrees fahrenheit and wow. the bowl portion even the puck the actual part that holds tobacco you're only smoking at 310 degrees fahrenheit because if it gets hotter than the actually around like 280 310 if it gets hotter than that you're going to be burning the bowl mm -hmm. and you're and it's not going to be pleasant for you yeah so uh, again this is not something that i went in blind eye this is something that we put a lot of research into before we put it put it out there um so it, it, trust me it, it's not it's not if, if that's also the case then you know people would be poisoned uh, by drinking water out of their sink Okay, so and that makes that makes pretty good sense. Uh, something that I've always said about hookah: the difference between smoking hookah and smoking a cigarette is the difference of combustion. The idea of smoking an actual cigarette or a cigar or those sorts of things, even pipe tobacco, is you're trying to combust it, right? Like when you take the lighter up to the actual uh, thing that you're smoking, you're trying to combust it so that you can create that smoke. When it comes to hookah, you're not trying to do any sort of combustion. You're only trying to get. Um, uh, uh, cooking with it. That way you're able to actually smoke with it and uh, just continuously cook the bowl, basically. Uh, Nino, when did you make your first bowl? I made the first bowl three years ago is when it was. I made a, a few different prototypes, um, hand-thrown, and to kind of test the idea of like where I was going to go with the cast when we originally made the Onyx. And, and through those hand, I had like a couple different varieties and I had some local hook enthusiasts here in Chicago test out. But because you know what, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I'm the best. I know all and all of this stuff. I wanted to get different because everybody smokes differently. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer that, yeah, there is a right, you know, there is a, a methodology and how you can get the best smoke. Um, but there are some people that smoke hot. There are some people that, that, that don't. There are some people that, you know, smoke, you know, Zagul that's on top of it. There's some people that don't. You know, some people use HMD, some people don't. And so I wanted to test it with a variety of different mindsets and people and see how it held up. And uh, by using some of their feedback and taking a lot of their feedback, that's how we decided on the Onyx. Okay. Um, Adrian, do you want to hit the next question? Absolutely. Um, oh, that's a weird way to type that. I'm going to read it as it's, as it's uh, typed out. Nino, what are some of your fav favorite hookah stuff? Hookah stuff. Hookah stuff, yeah. <laughs> What's so weird about that? I mean, it's all just stuff at the end of the day, right? I guess. What are some of your favorite hookah things? What is your, some, some of your favorite stuff in the hookah world? What, is, what are some of your favorite hookah stuff, Matthew? <laughs> Is an interesting way to word that. Well, I didn't want to list out tobacco, bowls, pipes, you know, hoses, everything under the sun and stuff. Uh, maybe not all, all your own products and stuff like that as well. Um, anything in general, hookah stuff, what is some of your favorite stuff in the hookah world? 
Well, honestly, when I first started, I, I was like a pipe collector. I always collected pipes and, and all of that. And, and I like just a variety of anything from traditional to the modern pipes that were out there. Um, that was kind of really, I mean, I did have a variety of different bowls. You know, I had crown glass bowls, I had HJ bowls, Tangiers funnels. Honestly, since I've started the company, it's actually been like kind of a reverse effect only because a lot of the money that I would put towards those kind of products and now I'm just investing in the research and development in the in the business so so for the most part um, I've kind of slowed down on collecting you know all kinds of different pipes I mean I got uh, my hands on a couple of narcissists which is something that I've always wanted I think any OG member from like nine years ago that was like the pipe that everybody wanted yeah. on a boho and um, and so I just had to have that in my collection um, but but for the most part yeah I mean I like it all. Like, I mean, it's it's like kind of cheesy to say that, but anything that is unique, different, I'm totally down. Which is something I think is very akin to the hookah community, like you said about collecting and stuff like that. It's one of the reasons why I wanted an Onyx Bowl in the very beginning when I first saw them. Is like, oh man, I want to put that in my collection. Uh, that is a bowl that I think deserves a place on my shelf, and and that's the that's how I've 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 pushed a lot of the stuff that I have purchased and gotten for my own personal use and stuff is collecting uh, oriented. I, I like to have a, a nice collection of stuff because I am at heart an enthusiast and a collector for so many different things. You know, uh, going back to like video games and stuff for my own personal uh you know life and stuff uh doing anything that's collecting collecting oriented uh is something that i'm i've always had a huge part of in my life uh let's see we had another question uh we want to before the end of the show if possible you know we want to see a close-up of the mouth tip and get a little bit of a sneak peek if sure. possible so that's something that we want to make sure that we hit on can as I, well can I, touch, can I touch on one thing before yeah. there's going to be things where if i want to if i want to go in more in depth if we have a, a small time yeah. i'd like to like kind of delve in there we're fine let me touch on what you just said about collecting i mean i feel like that's something that um uh, i i i personally believe and this will set up later you know what we're going to talk about i personally believe that okay hookah is a niche that's not a belief that's a fact right mm -hmm. hookah is a niche um and then you have enthusiasts right there's people that go to lounges you know in my local lounge they're perfectly okay with going to the hookah lounge every week but they never care about going on a forum or getting really into it and buying a 300 dollars setup there's people that i've met at the lounges that you know smoke every week and they don't even own their own hookah all right mm -hmm. so you have that level of enthusiasts those the, the, the people that are the people who target those enthusiasts are mainly the ones that are you know selling you know cheap chinese pipes they, they pick it up oh it looks pr pretty those are the market for them okay then you have the enthusiasts that's another niche within a niche of hookah mm -hmm. The enthusiasts are people who want to learn more about the hobby, get the perfect session, um, delve deeper into it, just sit down, talk, l learn about different flavors, and, and just go into another, uh, uh, you know, another realm. And, and, and really, kind of, uh, it, it's a hobby. It's it's what makes up their day. It's what makes up. It's what makes time go by. Right? We we all work nine to five, and we can all unravel and wrap our heads around different types of things, like you know, hoses and 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 hookahs, and really just go and get lost in this world right but within that there's also another niche and that's who my audience is mm -hmm. okay and, and that is the collector slash like let's say premium luxury niche because not everybody is that person either there are people that are totally fine smoking a 90 dollars stem and smoking tangiers because that's all that they've ever smoked and they're totally okay with that they don't want to smoke or try anything differently 
Okay, so so that, that that has to be understood. When people don't understand or don't get it, it's because maybe it, you're not the right audience, or you're just not the person. And that's okay. Every no one's here to say that you're wrong. Like, oh, you only have one pipe. That's weird. No, it's just that's what appeals to you. At the end of the day, we're all here smoking hookah, and and you know, ninety percent of the population isn't. So let's all come together and understand that some people have certain certain tastes and and um and needs Mm -hmm. basically and 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 for me that niche the the premium niche that was that was kind of um for me my understanding was there was a gap there and that's where i wanted to kind of fill that gap and I think we've definitely seen that, me and Adrian, especially in our own like private chats and stuff like that, talking to a, a very good friend of ours, uh, Tristan. He's he's huge into the fact of like the customization part of it, right? Like he wants to own these different pieces of Mason because they go so well with his other premium pipes that he already owns, right? So for him, owning these other premium parts going along with his premium pipes all meld together really nicely. And I think that's definitely the part where Mason shines most is that idea of getting into that um, luxury type um, of, of accessory for when it comes to hookah because the reality is, is do you need to have a mason bowl or a mason product the reality is, is no you don't but it is going to give you a, a more pleasurable experience in certain ways compared to other things as any premium bowl is going to um what are your standpoints this is kind of a, a question out of left field real quick just what are your standpoints on the idea that a, a mason bowl is a necessity or, or needed like what are your thoughts on that it is needed if, it, if, it, if you want it, um, is it needed? Nothing is needed. An Egyptian bowl is what's needed. You know, like at, not, none of this is needed. We can all be smoking $50 stems. And, and as long as it's made out of a quality clay and not cheap porcelain, everything else is not a necessity. This is all us overcomplicating things. People putting mm-hmm. provosts on top of tobacco is because people want to overcomplicate things because that's what gets them excited. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of, even manufacturers who I won't name, they come out with different products with the same name, similar similar you know product, but different versions and all that. It's because they understand that people it just entices people. It keeps people in the hobby. You know, I get people all the time messaging me that say, thank you for making hookah exciting for me. Okay. Thank you for making hookah exciting for me again. You know, like that is, that is the kind of thing where when you understand that if I can bring one or two more people back into the hobby, because there are a lot over the course of nine years, I've seen a lot of hardcore members and Mm -hmm. maybe you guys have seen it as well that they go, they, they, they're, they're ghosts after about one or two years just because it just doesn't entice them anymore. They're not excited about anything. Yeah. I like to think that I, by me innovating, coming up with different things, coming up with these different colorways, it's keeping people excited into the hobby, you know? And, and, and from the messages that I receive, that is what I've found. People are looking forward to the next release. They're waiting on Edge. They're looking for this. They want to add this to their collection. And here's a thing where I think differentiates me a little bit and and, and my mindset on this. You know, everybody, what I've found is that people who are into hookah, anybody that really delves into a hobby hardcore has also other hobbies. You just said yourself, you're a gamer. Yeah. So yeah, I've never met like someone that's into into hookah that doesn't also have another hobby. Like I'm into, I have saltwater tanks and there's other hookah enthusiasts that I've met that have saltwater tanks. Saltwater is incredibly complicated to keep alive. You have, you have the one element that goes AWOL and you can lose $2,000 worth of fish, livestock in a day. But guess what? People love that. 
people love the fact that like, look how complicated this is and look at what I've been able to achieve. You know, it's that it's that drive that keeps them into the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and and same thing, I'm really into watches. And I love, I always compare what we're doing here to what's happening in the watch world. Although I will also have to say, I'm in multiple communities, multiple forums. Hookah's sometimes the most hostile and the most drama driven <laughs> yeah, than sometimes. all of these other hobbies. But let, let, let's talk about like, let's talk about watches for a second. Watches are a non, it's a non-essential item now. 40 years, 50 years ago, everybody needed a watch to know the time on their wrist. Then, then, and those were mechanical watches. Swiss movements where a 70-year-old guy in Switzerland stained painstakingly is putting hundreds of pieces together to make a watch move and have a life on your wrist. Mm-hmm. The quartz crisis came in the 80s. Battery, boom! It's more accurate than 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 uh, than than a Swiss piece that someone took days making, and 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 it'll stay accurate to a second for a year. Whereas a as a mechanical watch, every three days it loses seven seconds. Okay, so get this: now we have phones. We don't need watches, right? Mm-hmm. However, in the watch communities, no one's shit talking on on the three hundred dollars Seikos. You know, and in a community where people are buying $10,000 Rolexes, the people who are buying the $10,000 Rolexes, you know why they buy them? Because they also, a $10,000 Rolex doesn't keep time better than a phone or a quartz battery $10 Daniel Wellington watch or whatever you might find on, on Instagram, okay? What drives them is their love for the hobby and their love for the overcomplicatedness of that, the history, the branding, and that's what keeps pe- that's what makes people buy a ten thousand dollar watch. It, yeah. It's about screw you. I don't care what you think. There's there's Rolex. Okay, some some people buy a Rolex because they want the name uh, and they want people to see them. There are other brands out there that cost more than a Rolex that nobody you guys would never know. And and why does someone buy 50, a fifteen thousand dollar watch that nobody cares about? It's what makes them happy. Yeah. Um, and that's what. And that's what. And that's what. That's the same feeling that I feel about our products. Yeah, uh, so, I feel. Yeah. Sorry about that. I feel that. I feel that the if you if this product speaks to you aesthetically, like we all went through everybody's setups here today, and everybody's super proud of what bowl, what stem, because that's what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. When they, you know the the smoking part of it is seventy percent of it, the other thirty percent is looking at their 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 hookah and being proud of it. Yeah, um, and that's priceless. Yeah, uh, so I'm getting some weird so feedback. Some Are you getting weird feedback, feedback too? Weird... Oh. Do you have anybody have the show playing? Okay, there it's over for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree that a lot of that comes down to what uh, makes us excited. Now, when you say excited, are you talking about the excitement of your actual product getting released or the, the uh, I don't want to call it a game because I feel like that may be uh, oversimplifying it a little bit, but the uh, the difficulty that it can get to to actually get your product sometimes. So let me ask a question that came through on chat real quick. Uh, it talked about gigabit internet. It says, with gigabit internet speeds that are overseas, customers have regular customers that won't be able to compete on release dates do you have any plans on charge on changing that model to even the playing field a little bit so uh is the game about the product itself that you're releasing or is the game about the try or not the game but you i think you know what i mean by that the excitement is it about the product that you're releasing or is the excitement over the the effort that it is to try and get the product that they want to have in their hands the the, the strategy has always been about the product from day one because because 
again, and we can touch on this if you want me to talk about it now or later, but this is not intentional. I'm making a product as much as I can, mm -hmm. and I can talk more about what that entails and why that is and whatnot. The, the, this, 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 this strategy that you say, like, you know, it's being sold out in a second and all that, this is, a, this is the, an, an after effect of, of creating a product that spoke to people that people wanted, that people said, you know what? I've never seen a glaze like this. I've never seen an a bowl with this aesthetic at this price that performs. And that's what people, that's the original thing of what people want the product for at the bare bones of it. The fact that it's selling out, you know, there are some people that like and get off on the fact that nobody else can have it. And there are some people, and I'm sure Adrian is one of these people, because I, I think I heard you say before, it's, it's a turnoff, okay? And, and that's okay, like I get that. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to ostracize, you know, one or the other. It's just, it just happens to be what it is. It, it just happens to be that there's a lot of people that it speaks to that, that they want it and they hear good things about it. They're referred. They, another thing is a lot of people always say, well, maybe they only want it because it's exclusive. I get so many people say, I smoked out of my friends. It does amazing. I smoked out of this guy's. It does amazing. I had this, this reviewer told me it was great. I want it because of that. It's not because like, Hey, I can't get it. Again, there are a couple, there are some people that, that they get off on that. But again, that's not what drives us. At the end of the day, this is a business. Why do I want, um, you know, 70% of the people not to have my product? Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make business now, sense. Now, with that being said, so do you think that in the foreseeable future, you could ever see yourself trying to even the playing field by either limiting overseas type, maybe doing a release <laughs> that is purely in America over, and not doing a full on blast for everybody that is possible yeah. getting it to kind of make it a I little bit? I think the biggest issue that, that Paul's getting at is the um, issue that not everyone has gigabit internet speeds. Um, so anyone who does have access to that type of speed um, will have an obvious overwhelming advantage over someone that has like me, a certain amount of megabits of internet speed mm -hmm. to be able to scoop up these bowls. I think that's more what Paul was angling himself towards as far as the question went. Yeah. Well, and I think, <clears throat> I think this question came about, this is the first time that I've actually even heard this discussion is, is by one specific enthusiast who published his, his speed, his internet speed, and said, "This is the reason why I, I'm able to get it." So for me, this is like kind of a of a, of a brand new thing, um, you know, coming at me. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, this is not free. If people are choosing to spend over and over six thirty five thirty eight to a hundred dollars for a product over and over, I can't imagine that that's going to continue to happen. It's it's not like this. These these individuals are going around and selling it. Now that's something that I would totally shut down, stop to immediately. If mm -hmm. someone was brokering my stuff out and you know like using their internet speed as an advantage to make money and to take advantage of other people then that's a whole nother game but Which, if someone's continually if who am i to say that if you want to collect my bowl that you can't because your internet speeds faster i that, that's not fair to them either because so, at the end of the day they're still paying the same amount of money that everybody else is at one point they're going to have to jump out of the game because how many bowls can you really have <laughs> you know, would, if you collect uh, right. every color. So are you saying that that's not happening? Are there not people buying product, um, uh, multiple pieces of product to resell and say their store or something? Because I do know that Mason Bowls are readily available in certain storefronts. There are the people who did that. There's, there's, um, there's a, one or two individuals that I know 
after the fact that bought them for their store. Again, it's not people who are buying them off of members. It's actually enthusiasts who, who bought a couple. That, you know, a lot of these shop owners too, they are enthusiasts as well. I mean, they are into the hobby. So some, so they, the, the flattering thing is a lot of them buy them for themselves. If they do choose to buy more and sell them in their store, this is something that is only happened like less than a, I can count on one hand. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that I can, I, I know exactly who it was and this and that. I, I have an idea on like one or two names, but these are people that I can tell you the last five batches have not bought a bowl. My, uh, so the next question kind of going right off of that, are you ever planning on limiting bowls for, for people that have already purchased some already to give people that have been trying for two plus years, I don't know if that's a for sure number obviously, uh, to get a bowl for their own personal chance to be able to buy, you know, limiting on the fact that like, oh, I know you already own an Onyx bowl. Would you ever consider doing something like that? Like maybe doing a, uh, a new it's person only uh, batch or something of sorts? Yeah, so so one of the things that I'm trying to do, again, with the website, the way that it is, it's not set up to where you can just filter out Blocking certain IP. individuals. And again, if I filter out one individual and he wants to buy a hose, now he's not able to buy a hose or he's not able to buy a mouth tip. So that's not something that I think is fair to do. However, well, that's all backdoor stuff, right? Like you do have that amount of control depending on what interface you're using for your website. You can absolutely limit people from buying a specific product. Um, I don't know if the website's set up that way or if you have any plans to say what website up that way. I, if, if that is, I mean, I'm using Shopify. If that is, I haven't seen any of the feature to be able to limit it to a specific product where they can't buy a certain product. I mean, this is a problem that not many Shopify um, people, I think, have, right? Everybody wants everybody to buy their stuff. Yeah. So like for this for this rarity thing, I, I don't know if there's something that in that regard. But what I want to do and what I plan on doing is I plan on having more random um, like group group buys or specific limited pre-orders in certain communities. This is something that I that I am planning on trying to do in the future. Okay, because I do want people, again, at the end of the day, and hear me out here, and, and this makes total sense if I say this, right? At the end of the day, if someone asks a question in a group and they say, what's the best bowl, right? People are not going to say the best bowl is something that they don't own because mm -hmm. they don't know anything about it. it. A majority of the people who are commenting, you know, this bowl, that bowl, they're people that also don't own our bulls, right? At the end of the day, that doesn't look good on me that people are recommending other competitors' products because they don't have one. You know, and there's there's new people reading those messages and they're gonna say, well, I'm gonna pick this bull because this guy says it's the best, but he doesn't have one of my bulls. So at the end of the day, I want everybody to have my product because it, it does help me too, mm -hmm. right? It helps me because in that regard, I want everybody to recommend my stuff. So it's not like I'm sitting here and saying, I only want these people over here to have it and not these people. Like there's definitely plans on trying to randomize. Uh, number one, increasing production. It's continually increasing. If, if you've seen this month, I've had more batch releases than ever before. I had a hose release earlier this month. I had a Grand Onyx release two weeks ago. And then this week for the first time ever, I had two releases at the same day of mm -hmm. two different bowls. So you guys can see the progress, uh -huh. like it's happening. And I kept promising that it's happening and I'm not just blowing hot air, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it's, it is happening and, and, and one of the things that, that people have to understand, and again, you can choose to, to be by my side or not and it's up to you, but I, this is a day job, I have a day job, okay? It's not like I have full time to invest the capital to build my own 
you know, full-time staff that only does this product. The problem is, is what I alluded to earlier, this is a, a niche within a niche. And, I'm, and, I, and I am too cognizant of that to say, I'm gonna quit my job and just go all into this niche within a niche. And, and, here, and here's the thing, guys, and this is something that I really hope resonates with everybody. If you guys have noticed how many hookah innovations have happened in the U.S. in the past two, three years, not a whole lot. If we're, if we're th talking about hookah stems, we have the same basic players for the past three or four years. And who, who's infiltrating the market? It's the, it's the international because they're able to make things at a way cheaper price than we are here in the United States. And also they have a bigger market. I wanna say sometimes, I, I see their expos, I see their thing, I see their pages, they're at 30,000 members, we're at you know 10,000. They have giant communities and in that, people are gonna go full in, quit their jobs and try to make money off of these guys. In the mm -hmm. United States, we have, again, we're a niche within a niche. The niche that just goes and smokes out of a Chinese pipe, unfortunately, is bigger than our community. So yeah. The amount of people that are willing to go in and go full hard in on trying to make a luxury premium item, or, or not even just say luxury, there's a, a, an, a, an item with high quality materials and bring it to market, it's, it's, it's not easy to do, guys. And the only reason why I'm able to do it is because I have a day job. So it's one of those things that I have to balance. Like, I don't think any of you guys want to see me have to put my house for sale because I decided that, you know, five months ago that I'm going to quit my job, go all in so some people can get some bowls. And then all of a sudden, I, you know, in two years, I saturate the market and I have no job. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So going off of that just a little bit, what do you think about the people when they say that you choke the supply on purpose? I know that you've probably I, heard that before. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been something that's thrown around for a very long time, honestly. You know, we've seen that supply and demand in many different fields and in many different industries and stuff. Stuff. And the idea that we're getting this kind of supply that you are doing, I do agree, though, that you are ramping up uh, tremendously in comparison to what it was even a year ago and stuff, obviously. But what what do you say to those that are saying that the, the demand is a little bit more or the supply is choked to kind of increase the demand a little bit? I say that you're giving me way too much credit. Okay. <laughs> That's what I say. If you think that I I am doing that, it's, it's totally off base. I'm definitely not doing it. I only have in my own personal collection two, three bowls actually. I have one regular Onyx, which is the first one I ever made. I have a, a Helix that is that is damaged that I kept for myself, and I have a Grand Onyx. And the reason why I only have three bowls is because I feel too guilty to not give someone when they ask me and I get, I get messages every other day, can I have a bowl? And if I see that bowl sitting there and I say, well, why do I need that bowl for this guy's, this guy wants one. He's been wanting one for months. I, I, I'm trying to give people as much as they, as I can. And it's continually to grow. The capital is being continually reinvested. If I go and sell a hundred bowls yesterday, my next batch, I'm going to try to invest in all that money that I made into increasing that production, increasing that supply. So honestly, cash flow is tight because I'm just continually reinvesting that money into new products and, and increasing production. And it's gonna be a slow process. And it's already, you've seen that slow process over the past year, but it's finally starting to reap some rewards. And that's why we've been able to come out with different products. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's, that's all good information about that. Uh, Adrian, do you wanna touch on the next question? Um, yeah, I don't know if this is something you want to get into too far, but uh, Nino, can you tell us a little bit about what your normal bat size looks like? My what? Normal My bat, bat size. Yeah. Typical bat size, yeah. 
I, my back size is I'm curious of what people think. Some people think that it's like 10 balls. Some people think it's like I've made like jokes in the balls. past. Yeah, I've, I've made jokes okay. in the past, you know, just to be completely transparent and stuff. I, I've made jokes be, about it being like five or three bowls just as, as a joke. Obviously, yeah. I don't yeah. believe that it's five or, or three bowls. I, I would like to believe it's somewhere closer to 50 bowls. Um, I don't know the actual numbers, but what is an average uh, for the for the slip cast for the Onyx? Uh, obviously, I would imagine it would be more in comparison to the Helix because the Helix are handmade. Is that a truth or is that are they both about the same batch size normally or what? So uh, let me let me tell you guys about that, too. You guys are familiar with the other handmade bowls on the market. Very familiar. Yeah. Have you seen the shapes of those bowls? OK, mm -hmm. those bowls are functional design. They're made for a purpose and that's it. Mm -hmm. They're functionally designed that way because they're easier to make by hand that way and pump out in production, okay? You've seen the Helix, and I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see it in person, No. but it has ribbing in the inside, it has sharp edges, it has texture in on the rim and on the bottom of it, and it has a flared spire to keep from the juices coming out. All of this stuff, and a one helix takes an hour to make. And that's okay. not including the glazing. The glazing alone takes about a half hour. Okay. Okay. Uh okay. And so, so the cast, I'm not going to go too much into it because, again, it's uh, proprietary information and all that. Yeah. But there's... But have you guys seen the other cast bowls on the market? They're usually made out of cheap material, mm -hmm. right? I haven't. Those actually. are easier to make. Like, like you know, the Vortex bowl and, and stuff oh, okay, like yeah. that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Those are made out of that material for production reasons. For, for, for the amount of... You've seen ours? No one has... Nobody is making a cast bowl out of the material that we're making ours out of. Okay. And the reason why that is, is because it takes so damn long to cast that bowl. And, and, and yes, I can get a lot of casts and got, get a lot of them made, but with that, I need a lot more manpower as well. And that's something that we're ramping up to. Now, are you, thing, yeah. Are your bowls made in America? Yes. They're, they're hundred percent. They're hundred percent made in America. They're not uh -huh. made anywhere else or anything. I buy my glazes that are made in America mm -hmm. and I pay American people and I go and pick them up locally. I, 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 it was a very important to me to be able to, to start this company off, to be able to have total hands-on, and I would never be able to do something like that overseas. And to be honest with you guys, I've never, there's a reason why the other international markets love American-made bowls, because of the quality of our clay. So why would I go and make a bowl out of a cheap crap material overseas, you know, when it's, it's just gonna be an aesthetic thing and it's not gonna function. Are the, so, so are they made in Chicago then? Is that where they're actually made and produced? Yes. Okay. Yes. Even even the hoses, everything's made here. Okay. Um, so um, did you did you want to get into the batch sizes at all? Yeah. So the, we were talking about. Well, I'm not going to say the, I'm not going to say the exact batch size, but it's more than fifty. More okay. than fifty per per bowl or per bowl. Per bowl, more than 50 per, okay. Now, I did find it interesting with this last batch release, there was a screenshot that went around. I don't know if it was a public screenshot or what, but it said that there was a 1,000 people viewing a certain webpage at one given time, basically. I don't know how your uh, data shows that information, if it's like every hour, every half hour, or how that shows necessarily. But um, I do find it interesting if there's a 1,000 people waiting for a batch to get released and then to scoop in and start buying and stuff, that would obviously be very difficult 
to meet that sort of supply, like regardless of this of the batch size that you're aiming for. Are you noticing? And I don't know if you can get into this. This is a, a, an unprepared question, obviously. Are you noticing the amount of extra people trying to purchase a bowl past the point of sale out? Uh, sell out? Does it show you there is I don't know 50 more people that tried to purchase based after the 50 or whatever the amount of bowls was that was purchased? You want to know the crazy thing? My website has this has tons of hits, triple digit hits, even when I don't even have a batch release. Mm-hmm. Like just people looking, or I don't even know what they're doing on it. But there's hundreds of people on there every day, okay. even when I don't have a batch release. Okay, when the batch goes live, you saw, and I put those numbers and I published those numbers so people can start seeing what I'm talking about. If I have a thousand people like logged in and I even I make 400 bulk, what it's going to last five, 10, 15 minutes then, you know, yeah. so it's, it's going to sell out. I mean, again, it's, I'm not, and I'm not even trying to sound cocky. I'm just saying it's the supply and demand. I'm trying to meet the, the, the demand the, because that's lost money. That's lost revenue. Mm-hmm. Someone might say F this, I'm sick and tired of dealing with this. You know, it's at some point, why would I want that to happen? You know, at, but at the end of the day too, Right now, again, because I have a niche within a niche, I can't, I don't have the resource to just say, I'm gonna sit home and pack 300 boxes myself and go to work at nine in the morning the next day. I'm up until three in the morning already doing batch release boxes. I mean, I do that myself, okay? okay. So, so you guys have to understand, like the, the people who are, at the end of the day, I can't be mad at people because the only reason why that they're even upset and all that is because at the at the end of the day, they do want a bowl. And I can't be mad at that because they want my product in flattering that they want it, right? So at the end of the day, I, I, I keep always that in mind. If someone's mad and they were a previous consumer, like someone that was going after a batch and now they turned hostile, I understand that at the end of the day, they were someone that actually wanted the product. And I'm doing the best that I can to try to appease everybody, but I can't right now. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm increasing production, but I have to do it within cash flow constraints, within reason. I have to be calculated and smart about how fast I grow it. Um, because again, I, it's not just, it's not like this is my only sole purpose of being is, is making a, a premium market bull for everybody. I want to try to get it to everybody, but again, I, I can only do so much. Now, if you want to say that you rather not 100 people in a release or whatever get a ball, you rather that not even happen, that I, sh- I don't even exist, that Mason shouldn't even exist because of that, and you think that that's okay for the U.S. market to stay stagnant and not innovate and come out with customizable uh, handles and come out with all these different things, then that's on you. But I'm trying to do something that people are not doing in the United States, and that's invest into premium things because because the market's just not there. You're not gonna see a big guy invest in a handle that, that takes two hours to make because the money's just not there. Mm-hmm. A, a shop's just not gonna pick that up because a shop's owner is, is a random guy walking in that doesn't know anything about these websites or communities or reviews. Yeah, so so I'm, I'm in, a, in a market, as soon as people realize that I'm in a, in a, in a small market here that I can't make this my full time gig because i i know that in one or two years like what's going to happen i'm going to saturate that market and 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 honestly the fda is also making things very difficult for people you know you see it all the time they're trying to limit the amount of hookah that goes out so that's i know i know some really big tobacco manufacturers that are also worried 
they're also worried what's going to happen in the next one or two years about what if their jobs are going to go under. The difference is, is that they're making way more money than I am in the meantime yeah. off of tobacco sales. And for me, I mean, it's I'm making peanuts compared. So I can't afford to go all in, make millions of dollars, and then just say, you know what, I'll figure something else to do. Now, will you be at the Vegas Expo, the Hookah John yeah. uh, Hookah Worldwide? You will be at the yeah. Vegas Expo. I won't. I won't have my own booth. I hope to next year. Mm-hmm. Just again, because I've invested so much money into these new products that are coming just before the expo, I really just don't have the. Uh, again, I'm I'm already selling out, so it's not like I really need any more. Uh, like rub it in your face, like hey guys, like look at all these bowls that you guys that I can't keep up with. Like I, right now, it makes it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to invest all that money into that for advertising. Um, but I will be there because I love the community and I and I'm going to be helping out like Trifecta and Chica at their booths. But I will be there just as myself, you know, just t- talking with the community. I've been to every single expo for the past four years. I've gotten to meet a lot of great people. And my sole purpose is to have fun, smoke and help and, and help where I can. Very cool. Uh, if we have any more questions in the chat, please ask them now so we can get to them. Something that was thrown out there as well, uh, if Dr. Noobsauce is still here, he said something about that uh, putting a provost on top of the bowl was going to overcomplicate it. We were talking about putting it directly on top of tobacco. We were, we were going one step further. I think you missed that part of the conversation. Though he did say something pretty awesome when he said niche inception, which I wanted to say, but he beat me to it. But I agree that we are we are, we are are talking about niche inception, basically, to a certain point. Uh, something else that was said, though, can you explain the differences between your bowls and something like an alpaca bowl material-wise. Um, obviously, you can't go into proprietary information going into what you actually make it out of, unless you can a little bit. Is it stoneware at all? Is there some sort of a, a stone component to it? I know it's called shishaware uh, material and stuff like that, but what are some of the differences in materials used in, in other bowls in comparison? Well, I, I, I can't tell you the exact differences because I don't know what these people are making their bowls exactly out of, uh-huh. right? So I'm not going to sit here and say I have this and they don't have that. Uh-huh. But what I can tell you is what our bowls are made of is stoneware. And it also has, it has minerals that are known to retain heat. Yes. And, and, it, and it's, it's not your standard, you know, go to the art store and find some clay. It's something that we have to mix ourselves. And it's certain additives, powders, this and that that we designed to help what we think would would do well in this function. And that is something that I've said for a long time when it comes to Mason. Uh, the Onyx Bowl that I have is the heat retention on it is absolutely fantastic. It's hard to debate that, obviously. I think that it does a stand-up job when it comes to that sort of thing, as, uh, as some other stone bowls do that I own as well. But I do like the heat retention that I get from my Onyx Bowl especially. Um, Adrian, do you have any other questions that you can think of? Yeah, I, have, I do have one. Um on hoses that I just got in through a direct message. I'm not sure why it wasn't posted onto the um, actual chat, but uh, can you explain why the cost of a Mason hose is so much higher than its competitors? What is driving the cost up for it? And I know we already covered a little bit about how long it takes to make your products and stuff, but maybe you can go a little deeper. It's, um, it's, materials and stuff. it's plain and simple. If I made it out of aluminum, I can make it in China for a couple dollars. And, and, I, and nobody's making a wood um, hose that's uh, just a wood hose, right? That's that's in a variety of different. If, if you do, if you are making a wood hose, and it's made in China, you have to have only that one style because you have to order hundreds of them at a time. If you guys see, I'm I'm releasing out different colors, different woods every single time, and that's because I have the ability to do that because they're here, they're made here, and 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 they're hand turned. 
if I if they were machine made, okay. Now this is comparing, which I don't know of any on the market today, um, a, a, just a sole wood hose. But if we're going to compare, like let's say there's a forty fifty dollar wood hose on the market compared to my um, sixty five dollar standard um, maple one, um, I, I'm going to tell you they're made in China and it's one design, one wood stock, and they're making hundreds of them. And that's how they're able to get that price point. Okay. Uh, but again, nobody's making out of a, a poly hose because that takes an hour and you can talk to any craftsman that's worked with it. They say, I get messages say, I know how hard this is to make because to make that look like, you have to understand, there's a knife going against this. To make it look like glass, there's so much work just beside turning the shape that goes into sanding, multiple sanding steps, multiple polishing steps. That alone, it, I mean, the, the amount of money that I'm making on this is not even that much. It's just the amount of cost and, and the fact that I'm making it here in the U.S. I'm in a market that doesn't really exist with the hoses. And it was something that I did because I said, you know what, the hose is in your hand. It's the thing that you're always, you're, you're the most, you're the closest with. And I was just not happy with the way that the hoses were on the market. They're all, they all look very similar. And again, there are some people that are totally okay with that. And that's totally fine. But someone like me, Again, I, I recognize there's this niche of people that want to, oh, again, overcomplicate things and, and really personalize things to their setup. And I felt that there was an absence of that on the market. So uh, that's, that's why the hoses cost more. It's just, it's a simple fact. You can see it. I mean, does this, this, this look like a $30 hose? No, I can't make this for that, mu that much money. Okay. Um, um, and that, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Another another question that I, I forgot to put onto this, but I thought I'd throw it out there and see what you can say about it. Are you the mastermind when it comes to the actual designs of these uh, bowls and the hoses and things like that? Are you the person that actually comes up with the actual design, or or do you go into the pottery place that you 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 frequent and and talk to them about what it is you're wanting to see in a design, or are you fully involved in the actual creation from you know concept to uh, prototype to everything that that goes involved in that? Um, if I left it up to potters, because how many people grew up uh, learning the art of hookah bowl making, they'd be making <laughs> candlesticks for you. <laughs> so I, I have to design it, and I okay. do it with my wife. My wife is actually a designer, okay. and um, and we use AutoCAD, and we actually all of these bowls start off in a in a CAD design program okay. that shows you how much that we care about the specific dimensions and all of that. So so we design it. Okay. It's me telling her and, and us just brainstorming her using her aesthetic. She's been in design school for 10 years, and we just kind of collaborate together. So, all right, awesome. Uh, that answers my question. I have one for one more question. Adrian, do you have anything else you want to ask real quick? No, I think we've covered most of the things that people had to ask for this, uh, this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, the last question is going to be kind of a different one. It was something that was asked in, in chat from Junior. He says, with the Russian takeover, is there a pipe that you guys are wanting to get your hands on? I thought this would be a fun way to end the show maybe a little bit. Um, is there anything, any pipe that you're seeing uh, either overseas or maybe even even uh, in season stuff that uh, you're interested in picking up or, or that you've thought about getting? Um, for me personally, it's the like smoke hookah. I, I think the like smoke hookahs look absolutely fantastic, and that's the next thing that I want to get myself is a like smoke Uh Adrian, what about you? Is there anything overseas that you're looking at getting? Alpha. The Alpha hookahs look really nice. Oh, yeah, they do. I they just saw uh, nice. Hookah Chef just released a review on it, and that thing looks really good. Uh, I like the like smokes as well. Those look fine. I think the Matt Pear train has um, 
has gotten a little bit much. I've seen everyone has a matte pair now. I'm yeah. like, all right, whatever. I'm not trying to uh, pick up a matte pair just because everyone has one. I've smoked out of them. They're great, but I don't think I'm going to buy one at this point. What about you, Nino? Is there any uh, is there any pipes that are getting you excited? <clears throat> so I, I have a matte pair that I bought like seven months ago before like they started infiltrating even more over here. And I, I honestly, I love it functionally. It's great. And you can see a lot of Russian other, other companies have started kind of taking aspects of it and kind of just reinventing it. Um, for me, I really, really like the Aljamal hookah made in Germany out of, out of a machine of brass, which is completely different than what people are doing. Um, that to me is like beautiful. Uh, it's totally unique and I definitely probably will pick one up in the next like month or two. And I know not a lot of them are in the States. So if I do, I definitely will give a review because I know it's a lot of money. And if someone's going to spend it, you want to make sure that it smokes well. So yes. <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right. Well, awesome. I, I guess we don't have any other questions coming through in the chat. We want to thank everybody so much for joining us and being a part of this on the live show. Nino, thank you so much for being a part of the AM Hookah Podcast. We can't uh, tell you enough how, how grateful we are to have you on and to answer so many great questions as well. Um, this has been a very fun and informative show. Uh, is there somewhere on the internet where people can find you uh, easily? Um, they could just add my, my Facebook, uh, Mason Bowles. I mean, I, I, I post a lot there. Actually, I post more there than in my personal account. <laughs> um, I just noticed I haven't posted my personal account for like a month and a half. So people probably think I'm dead. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just shoot me a message. I get people that want to talk all the time, whether it's just about bowls or whether it's about like what they're smoking. And, and I'm totally happy doing that. We, we also do, uh, I'll give a quick plug to our Chicago hookah meetup, which I know Adrian came out to. Again, I'm super, I'm super stoked that you came out. It is madness and there's so many people and I wish I got to spend more time with you because honestly, that, that meetup goes by in like an hour for me. Like it's just, everybody's like, I'm just being grabbed everywhere and I'm trying to, trying to talk to everybody. Um, but I also want to give a quick shout out to, to the OGs. I want to, I want to give credit to Tangiers, the Tan Tangiers Bowl for creating the funnel, first of all, because without them, this wouldn't all be possible. And for Hookah John, for, you know, what Hookah John and Alpaca are doing is really, again, now knowing how, you know, being behind the business, you know, it's, it's what they're doing is, is, is really incredible. I mean, to be able to bring to you the quality that they do um, at that price point, it's it's really something to be applauded honestly um and and again it, it because i'm not able to make again at the end of the day because i'm not able to make something at that price point today what i want to do is bring you something with quality put in the etchings put in these things because if i'm going to have to make it a certain amount of money i'm not going to give you a basic form that you're not going to be proud of or use a basic glaze i'm going to use expensive premium glaze I'm gonna give you wood, give you different ideas, give you something unique, because I have, I'm charging you know a premium price, and I understand that. And with that comes premium service as well. I, I respond back in like five, ten minutes, eighty percent of the time, um, because again, that's what people are paying for. It's all built into the cost of the product. So again, and and thank you guys for allowing me the time it really seriously i wanted to get on here so bad because I, I really love what you guys are doing and i'll be definitely sharing to other people you know this podcast as i feel like um more people need to know about it because you guys are doing an awesome thing anything that helps the community and helps grow the community go to the hookah expo i mean the hookah expo is a huge step forward for the u.s um hookah market all the other all the other um markets are doing it and not the united states at the end of the day guys 
Tangiers, Regal, these were like the first big names. I was just in a, in a German group earlier today and they were giving so much credit to the American innovation. And, I, and, and, and it seems like it's being stagnated the, the past couple of years. And I really want people to remember like we created this market and we helped Starbuzz really helped grow the market. Um, you know, all of these great brands, they helped great. And it all started here in the United States. And so I really just kind of want to push that forward to keep supporting US products. Definitely, you know, there's some great stuff being made overseas as well. Um, but let's keep supporting each other because at the end of the day, we are just one community with a small, um, small member count and we can't tear each other down. Yes. Uh, can we get you to show the tip of the, the Mason mouth tip that's coming out? Can we get a sneak peek of that a little bit? We've seen you smoking yeah. on it. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's on a leather um, here. I'm just going to put it. It's on a leather uh, cord. And these are going to be made out of the same material as the sapphire hoses. So these are all handmade as well. So the cool thing about it, and again, it's soft touch silicone. It's going to go over. I mean, you guys have seen these before. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is, is because we're hand throwing these, and again, they're not being made in a bulk overseas with three colors, you're going to start seeing cool different designs, maybe, maybe different sizes. Um, and they're going to be basically customizable to whatever, you know, if you wanted a green tip with, you know, um, some gold in it or whatever the case may be, you're going to really be able to personalize it. It's hanging over around your neck. Maybe some people will wear it around the expo as, you know, jewelry. I don't know, yeah. but it, it's exciting. It's like a small little step to just personalize um, your, your experience a little bit more. Yeah. Mouth tips have definitely become more of a personalized uh, accessory in, in whatever, for whatever reason that is. Uh, I think it's kind of funny just as my own personal yeah. grief and stuff. I think it's interesting that people have taken this idea of like a mouth tip and they're like, how can we make it fancy? So I can like have it yeah. all the time. I, I Again, find it odd. I don't know. It all, it, it all leads back to overcomplicating things. <laughs> you know, we don't need any of this. Yeah, you know, uh, what is it? What is his name? Three Tip Gang. I mean, he just he's totally <laughs> cool with his plastic mouthpieces. That's fine. But he that's his thing. I want a three. Know? I want to see a three tip uh, Mason tip. That'd be badass <laughs> yeah. right there. What are? Do you have a price so, point? So, so, so. <laughs> well, let's find yeah. out. What are the price point for the mouth tip? Uh, mouth tips going to be? Do you have a price point for them yet? It's going to be it's going to be similar to the other ones that are on the market. It's not going to be like crazy expensive to compared to those. Okay. You know, I mean. They, they're they're not going to be like um, five dollars because I just can't I can't pay that to make that. Mm -hmm. um, but but they're going to be similar to what what the other ones are, and mm -hmm. I'm aware of what the other price points on them are. And so um, yeah, we definitely again we're not here to gouge. If I can make this cheap. I'm going to give it at a reasonable price because so, this is again, this is also something that you don't need. No. If I made this too expensive, <laughs> nobody's going. Five people are going to buy it, so yeah. I'm going to try to make it as affordable as possible. If we if we all pitch in, we can all get Doug one, and then he can rock his three tip gang with the Mason tips. That's yeah. it, it, that's what we could do. Um, Adrian, where can we find you? And I know how you, how much you love my voices that I throw into the show every once in a while. Absolutely. They're so cringy. <laughs> if you want to find some sweet hookah content, by sweet I mean garbage fire hookah content, go to Pipe Dream Hookah. I just dropped a new review on the uh, Elfacker Triforce uh, mix, so Woo! that's up. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram or the uh, Twitter, it's the underscore Pipe Dream. And uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, 
find me on Facebook. My name is Adrian Hunter. There you go. You can find me at Only Matt Desen on Twitter. You can find me uh, stalking the Facebook groups as well. I try to be as active as I possibly can. Uh, usually not as active as I wish I could be, but I try to. But yeah, find me on Twitter at Only Matt Desen. That's where I like to do a lot of communication on as, as well. Uh, I also have an Instagram, though I never pimp it out. It's just Matt Desen. You can find me on there. The show for the AM Hookah Podcast, you can find us on Twitter at, at AM underscore Hookah. Instagram, AM Hookah Podcast. And then also on Facebook, we have a group and we have a page, AM Hookah. You can do a search for us and you'll find us that way. Join the group, enjoy the page and all the fun stuff that we have going on. I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you so much, Nino, once again for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure and a total blast. Um, Intel. One quick question, really yeah. quick for you guys. Go right ahead. Where can, where can, where can we get those sweet shirts that Adrian's wearing? You guys need to make those. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing one too. You guys have to make those available if they're not already. Those things are pretty yeah, awesome. Yeah, they are available, um, widely available. We don't really pimp them out so much <laughs> right don't. now. We need to. Um, it's still a little bit early, but we do have a Teespring yeah. uh, okay. campaign going. And we'll probably put it in the description of this video once it goes alive for the rebroadcast. Um, but yeah, you can get them. They're 20 bucks. They're pretty cool. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's I, awesome. I, I might have the colors. I like the gold. I like the, I like the, the colors. I like the gold. Uh, Adrian, not so much into the gold. Uh, my, I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, you can find it on, on Teespring for sure. Uh, until next time, guys, I think that's going to wrap it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it as always. And until next time, keep on smoking. Thanks, guys.